Welcome to God Talks with Joey Oswald. Hello, welcome to this episode of God Talks. Today I'm talking to my good friend and brother in Christ, Riley Plyler. Go ahead and give it up for Riley. All right, Riley, give us a quick autobiography from the second you were born until this very moment and try to keep it under two minutes. Ready, go. Yeah, so I was born here in Erie, PA, where I am currently living. Went to Harbor Creek High School, shout out to the Huskies. Graduated from there in 2017. Then I went on to undergrad at Kent State University where uh, you were my RA, my freshman year. Um, I studied biology there, concentration in pre-med graduated from there in 2021 and uh, then went on where I to school where I currently attend at Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine where I just finished up my first year with the end game goal of becoming a pediatrician. That's incredible. Nice and short and sweet for you. 40 seconds. That's amazing. Um, so the, the main premise of this podcast, I know we could talk about a lot of different things and I'm interested in a lot of different things. But the, the primary focus is God, um, capital G-O-D. And my main question that the conversation will, will focus on is, do you believe in God? Why or why not? So go ahead and answer that question with a, with a yes or no, and then give us an explanation for why or why not. Go ahead. Yes, I do. And uh, I am a Christian. And um, I grew up in the... Lutheran church and was a CEO, as some might say, Christian or Christian, uh, Christmas Easter only <laughs> attendance, which is, you know, that's fine. Uh, you know, if that's how you're led to, to go to the church, then that's how you're led. No, nothing wrong with that. But then um, once I was in college, um, we actually started going to church more and more often. And I just got really convicted. I think we all did. And, you know, really started to take my faith much more seriously. And so I can just now see how God worked in all stages of my life and continues to work in all stages of my life. And, you know, I just look around outside and it's just undeniable that that he is real. That's incredible. So what ultimately led you to the conclusion of yes he exists was it of a a personal feeling like your personal experience with god was it exterior scientific evidence was it the people that you looked up to believed in god so you're like okay there must be a god or like a mixture of all three or or what was it yeah i really think it was a mixture of all three you know right when uh right when covid hit we all kind of started reading books a lot and uh (laughs) i remember i read Crazy Love by Francis Chan and The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. And, you know, just reading those just blew me away at, at all of the evidence. If you haven't read any of them, I would highly recommend both books. Even like believer, non-believer, doesn't matter. They're incredible. And yeah. I think really those books specifically and just like I started praying more and started seeking a better relationship with God and just how he worked through that was, was incredible. Dang. 
That's awesome. Yeah, those are two great books. Uh, it's so funny because Crazy Love, someone gave me that book, Richard Ruckman, right when I had been baptized my, uh, my senior year of high school. And I read it and then I just kind of quit reading it. And I forget when I went back and, and read it all the way through again. But ever since then, I've just been given that book out like crazy. And, and did I give you that book? Yes, you did. So I gave you that book. You know, it's funny. You gave me the case for Christ. Um, yeah. <laughs> so two books that have pay, played like a huge part in both of our uh, walks with, with Christ. And we gave them to each other. But it's crazy because Crazy Love isn't an apologetics book, yet it has that undeniable sense of, because from the very beginning where he shows us how insignificant we really are. And some people take that because he zooms out through like the whole universe and, and the galaxies. And yeah. some people use that to say, yeah, you know what? There can't be a God because we are just so insignificant and the universe is so huge that we're just such a tiny part of it. And then other people use that same thing and say, wow, look how beautiful God is, you know? Um, and so it's crazy that you said you grew up in the Lutheran church because now you attend a church. That's the complete opposite kind in a sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I go to elevate now in Erie PA. So if any Erie PA folks are listening, come check us out. Non-denominational. Um, it's non-denominational. And their main premise is just to help people far from God come closer to him with a relationship and, and grow in their relationship with him. You know, you can come as you are. Like I wear shorts and Birkenstocks, athletic shorts and Birks all the time to church. And, you know, it doesn't matter. You can show up in a suit. You can show up in whatever you want and you will not be out of place. You'll be, you'll be welcomed and wanted. That's awesome. So did you actually grow up going to the Lutheran church regularly every Sunday or was it always just a CEO type of thing? So I grew up, and I would have to go to Sunday school but every Sunday, would, every Sunday, basically. But then we would never like stay for, for service afterwards. And then even the Sunday school, my attendance started uh, thinning once, like, you know, you get in middle school and high school and you start doing sports in the winter and in the summertime, and you're always away on, on weekends. So it just really wasn't a priority in my life like it is now. So what age were you? Because I don't really know how the Lutheran church works, but do you get confirmed in that, like the Catholic church? Yes. So you pretty much like the sum of all of your years in Sunday school lead up to your confirmation in, it was either eighth or ninth grade. I can't remember, but there's like this big, like, like service wherever, and you say the apostles creed and you're confirmed. So you're like a member of the church. And would you say that you were going regularly up until then, or did you stop going regularly even before then? Um, I was going like the year prior, I was going to Sunday school regularly because my classes had um, switched and the instructor for them was actually the pastor of the church. And he had a pretty, a pretty strict policy of like, you could only miss twice for the whole year or else then you wouldn't get confirmed. So that's kind of why I was going all the time. And then once you were confirmed, like you said, I mean, same thing in my life, sports just kind of took you away and, and you never stopped believing, but it just church wasn't a, a priority. Exactly. Yes. Dang. 
That's crazy. And what was it like you going from a, a Lutheran church up until eighth or ninth grade, not really going to church and then going to first Christian, a big non-denominational church. You can wear whatever you want. And it's just like a big rock band on stage. So is that a shock for you or yes, did you feel it comfortable? Was, it was crazy. You know, I had, you know, seen like videos of people, I guess, going to church where they're playing these like this modern music, but I, I just thought that the, that was in like, like big cities only, or like only in a few places. So whenever we went there for the first time, I was just blown away <laughs> about just like how much I related to like everything they were doing. Like, I love going to concerts and now it's like, you go to one every single Sunday and you're worshiping God. And then the messages too, are just like, so relatable. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't know, it's, it was night and day for me. That's awesome. And some people, I just talked to my cousin Noah the other day, and he said he felt very uncomfortable at a big non-denominational church because he grew up in something completely opposite. But it's so funny. I can see retrospectively how that did just impact you immediately in literally all aspects of your life. I mean, just in general, you became a person who you dedicated your life to chasing after Christ. And prior to that, it's not like you were doing anything crazy bad, but every Sunday, I mean, prior to that, your freshman year, we would, we would make pancakes and make coffee and just kind of hang <laughs> out. And then it turned into every Sunday we would be going to church and you, uh, you yeah. immediately were so pumped about the set lists that they were putting out and you were downloading these, these Hillsong songs and, and all these songs that you had never really heard before. And you were just so pumped up specifically about the music. And I never even thought about it. I was like, why does this dude care about the music so much? And then it kind of dawned, because I grew up with that. You know, when I would go to church, it was always like that. But it just dawned on yeah. me. If you don't grow up with that, then that would be a huge culture shock. Yeah, it was insane in the best way possible. You know, the, the Lutheran church I went to, it was really only like you sang like hymns all mm -hmm. the time. Did you, you use know, a hymn book? Sometimes those are, yes, sir. <laughs> use the old hymnal in the back of the pew. And um, again, there's there's nothing wrong with that at all. But Absolutely. some people definitely like it's it's better to reach them with more modern music than it mm -hmm. is. You know, they're more likely to keep coming back. Yeah. If you're playing more modern music that they can relate more to than a hymnal, you know? Yeah. So ultimately, there's so many different questions I want to ask you right now, because we never really <laughs> we talk about God all the time, but we never really specifically discuss your upbringing in the Lutheran church and then that transformation. But how would you say that you changed from like when I met you? Yeah, you we both believed in God. You wore your cross necklace. But then once you started going to this non-denominational church, how did that impact you? And I know that's such a big question that you could take in a ton of different ways, but how did you change from starting, just starting to go to church? Yeah. So like you said, um, beforehand, I kind of went to church on Christmas and Easter only. And really the only reason was because I felt that I had to go. You know, uh, I felt like, oh, it's Christmas Eve. You have to go. It's Easter. You, you have to go to church. It's just what you do to where we got to the point when we were going to first Christian that we all wanted to go to church every mm. single week. And my like even desires in life were to 
become more and more like Jesus every single day and like spread the gospel, bring others closer to him rather than just going just to go, going and being like, oh, maybe I'll see one of my friends there to like, it doesn't matter who I see there. I'm going to go hear the word and, and be better because of it. Thing. And it did make you better. How did it change you as a person? What, what was better about you? It just changed the way I thought about everything. You know, I stopped trying to think for like my own personal gain and started to think like, okay, like, you know, the, the age old question, what would Jesus do? Yeah. And just in every way, I was like, how can I, even people who are non-believers, how can they see the light of Christ through me in what I'm doing? Why do you, how can I bring God glory? Go ahead. Why do you want people to, to know Jesus? Because I mean, to some people, they don't believe he's the divine son of God. And some people didn't even believe that he existed. So what led you to say, Hey, these people need to know Christ or not need, but they'd be better because of it. Like me, you know? Yeah. Because he, you know, I think a lot of people who aren't Christians think that when they see like a Christian, they're like, oh, they're living by all of these rules and it's, it's, it must not be, be fun or it must not be, uh, I don't even know the right word for it, but they, they couldn't be, be more wrong. You know, when you live in Christ, you're, you're truly set free. He releases wow. you from all your from all your sin, from all your, your shame and your guilt that you might've carried, you know, all of that is forgiven and not to say that none of it matters, but mm -hmm. it really doesn't matter anymore. You know? So you just want other people to experience that same freedom that you feel. Exactly. Dang. That's beautiful. And why do you think Jesus is more than just a good person with, with good teachings? Oh, that's a good question. Is it from your personal experience with them? I mean, that's, that's a lot of people. They, they actually have had like a, a revelation or, or the Holy spirit nudging them maybe during one of those songs in church during a sermon or, or maybe completely different, but what led you to the conclusion that this man, Jesus was more than just man? Yeah. You know, I just think that he acted in my life in such a big way, even though you said like, we didn't do that craziest stuff in college, but then you look back and you're just like, wow, I am totally a different person. And the only thing that changed was Jesus. Yeah. Like, that's it. Even, you know, me getting into to med school was the odds were, were so incredibly low because of my test score for mm -hmm. my, my MCAT score. So low. I and it was the only school, school you applied to, right? Yeah, only one, I only applied to one school and I just prayed about it a lot. And I was like, Jesus, if this is your will, this is what I want to do. But if it's not, I don't want any part in it. You know, even Amen. though like this is what I've worked towards, whatever you want me to do is is what I want to do inevitably. And, you know, that's here I am, you know. Wow. That's just incredible. Um, going back to the the music part, because like I said, I've seen that just be such a huge part of your life prior to that. I mean, we still listen to secular songs. There's nothing wrong with that. But prior to that, we never listened to a Christian song. And then all of a sudden, 
we were just on fire for the whole or on fire for Jesus. And that's all we would listen to. And not because we had to, but because we wanted to, and we felt connected to those types of songs. But now even within the church, you have people who probably from the same Lutheran church that you grow up in. Um, and they say that these big non-denominational Christian bands are bad and they don't, you know, have you experienced any of that or heard people say that type of stuff? Um, I've heard people say that not to me directly, but I've definitely heard that. And I think that what I would encourage them with is that your heart, when you're singing those songs, when you're listening to those songs, you're, you're worshiping the God that created absolutely everything and has a hand in absolutely everything we do. Like that is the purpose of worship and those songs. Yeah. So I would say it's not the method per se it's mm-hmm. the um message <laughs> yeah lost my train of thought there and i think that's awesome because like you said those hymnal books that people sing at these more traditional churches they they think that's it they just have to sing those but those hymns weren't they're not in the bible man that's not scripture it's people writing them with the holy spirit inside of them and I think that's the same thing that people are doing nowadays, you know? So I don't see any difference between us singing a book out of a hymnal versus us singing a, a Hillsong song, you know? Exactly. It's the, it's the same words, pretty much. It's just one of them, you add a guitar and some drums. Yeah. It's not like at these traditional churches, they're up there just singing psalms the whole day. You know, it's still people who wrote these songs. And it has the same, like you said, it's about the, the message, not, not the method. And um, mm-hmm. so I was just wondering how you, because from the second I met you, you said you wanted to be a doctor and you were very set in that and look at you now, you're a doctor, but you went through this huge transformation in your thoughts and your beliefs. And like you said, when you were getting ready to go to med school, you were like, man, I don't know if this is for me. You, were, you felt called to ministry in some way. And you're still doing that, obviously, but you were thinking about becoming a teacher or a youth pastor or something like that. And then look at you now, you're, you're going to be a doctor and you're helping out with youth still. But how did your, uh, or did your desires to be a doctor change from when you originally decided to be a doctor versus after you um, became like more strong in your faith? Yeah, I think they definitely changed. You know, I think originally I wanted to be a doctor because, you know, as bad as it sounds, people had to call me doctor. Oh, yeah. And, you know, doctors make a make a pretty good chunk of change. And so I could just do whatever I wanted to because I would have virtually unlimited money and I'd have this power. But then, you know, once I became like truly a Christian, I'll say, or really started living for Jesus. Mm-hmm. That changed so much. You know, now I, I just want to help people. And, you know, I pray every single day that one day I'll own a practice where I can not only help people medically, but help lead them to Christ. And, wow. you know, that's, that's more important than any title or any amount of money that you could possibly make is just helping people, you know, change their eternity. Yeah. Wow. Thanks. You have that eternal mindset rather than 
right here, right now. But that's incredible because you are helping people right here, right now, but you also have this desire to make a, an eternal difference in their life. Um, and that in med school, you know, I mean, doctors, they are very strong. I mean, they have to learn so much science and that's such a broad term, but people get into uh, like the creation theory and, and evolution within science. And how do you see that battle between science and religion in your own life, whether that be your, your siblings, your family, but specifically other people in med school? Yeah, so for me, I don't think it should be called a battle between science mm. and, and religion at That's all. That's what I was getting I mean, at. If you just look at, if you just look at biology, right? So look at all the plants, look around you at the earth, just look how, how beautiful it is. There's no way, at least in my eyes, that that was an accident. There's no way that it was just like, poof, it was there from, from one cell. And then if you look medically, if there is one thing that I've learned in med school, it is that the body is beautifully complex, like to the T. It is insane how all these things just work together and how perfectly God designed the body. It is incredible. And, so you, you know, you it's really. See, you see science being not only not compatible with religion, but you see it as actually like advancing it. And you, you use science to say, wow, look how beautiful God is not, well, look at science. God doesn't exist. Exactly. That is exactly how I think. And that's so funny. Cause I had just asked you the other day, why do we see this battle? Because I mean, you have, there's someone in your life who claims to be a man of science and because he claims to be a man of science, well, then he automatically assumes that religion can't be true, right? So how, what would you say to someone who says, I'm a man of science, religion can't be true? Yeah, I would just say that science is actually pointing everything towards God. And, and like you said, saying like, this is how beautiful God is, that he can create all of these trees, the, the perfect human body, the, all of the animals, like everything on earth is is god's creation and it's just crazy how complex and and beautiful it is dang that's awesome i know for my dad one thing he always said and uh i mean i grew up pretty much the same way as you my i mean my grandpa played the organ at the church but we would go to church whenever we were free and when we were younger we were free a lot but as we got into sports we stopped going because we had sports but one thing he always said is, I mean, he, he preached the gospel just by the way he lived. I mean, he never even had to open up a Bible and I could see him living like Jesus. But he always just said how he can see God in the beauty of creation, in nature, just talking about waterfalls and, and the sunrise over the ocean. And one time he even said, how do we have all these different types of fruits and vegetables with different colors that are beautiful and they all have these different tastes? And, and so that type of just observing the universe and in earth that led him to a belief in God. And it, it can kind of do that for some people. But on the other hand, like you said, there's people who that they look at science and, and they use it as a way to say that God doesn't exist. And um, one of the reasons people nowadays don't think that God exists is because we have 
a lot of scientific evidence for the big bang theory and we we learned that in school but i was just wondering your do you know like what the big bang theory is how would you explain that to someone yeah so the big bang theory to my knowledge is just the thought that the universe just was it was nothing and then there was just a big bang and then it has been constantly expanding ever since like it just grows larger by the second and how I would explain that to somebody who is trying to say that that is their evidence for God not existing would just be like, you know, in, in Genesis, first book of the Bible, actually, let me open it up so I can read it real quick. Um, so in verse three, it says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. So God spoke the universe into existence and you know I've never spoken anything into existence I don't <laughs> think you have either but nope. if you were to speak something into existence the big bang is exactly how I think that it would go you know you speak yeah. and then boom it's there yeah so I think I it's incredible even that points to God you've seen those breakdowns of I think it was even in that movie, what is it? I haven't seen it in years. God's not dead. But when they just kind of show how the Big Bang Theory is literally the Genesis account. And I was asking people, because I'm just so interested in this. And um, I was asking people why they think science and religion are seen as incompatible. And one of my friends said, well, I think it has to do with the creation account. And I said, you mean like evolution? He said, no, the Big Bang Theory. Like that is completely incompatible with the creation account in Genesis. And it just blew my mind. I was like, dude, you have no idea like the work that has been done by these scholars and, and apologists who have shown how compatible and how, how they align perfectly. But that knowledge, I mean, in school, you learn about the Big Bang Theory, but do you ever learn about the Genesis account and and how that is aligned with the Big Bang Theory? No, you don't. And um, that kind of, you and I were talking about it the other day, but why do you think the world pushes you into these boxes? Everyone wants to identify you as either a Republican or a Democrat, or I mean, even just pro-life or pro-choice. And and why do you think that is? And just with science and religion, you're either a man of science or you're a man of religion. And where do you think that comes from? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think that we just like to argue a lot as mm-hmm. humans. And so if you don't think the same way that I do, then I just don't want to be associated with you. And so I'm going to just try to try to push my ways onto you, which I think is completely the wrong way to to do things. You know, that's not really a, a loving way to act towards people. So how do you think we should go about talking to people who disagree with us about our beliefs in general, not even just specifically about God, but about any belief that we have? What would you do? I really think the most important thing that you can do is just go into that conversation in a loving manner. You know, I think the absolute worst thing that you can do when you're talking to somebody who disagrees with you is like get really fired up and yell at them. Because, you know, when somebody's yelling at you, you, you don't really want to listen to them. So if you can just like, you know, stay calm and say like, oh, this is my reason 
for for disagreeing with you on whatever then i think it's much more likely that you'll have a good conversation you'll really be able to hear each other out you know yeah definitely but i mean we're exposed to everything on social media and even the presidential debates man like those are entertaining for people <laughs> they're not even debates and it's just ingrained into our society but wow so you already stated that you're a christian you have very strong beliefs um so what would you could you give us a 60 second gospel maybe to someone who has never even heard the gospel and um, just explain to them what it is what jesus came here to do and, and try to keep it around a minute ready go yeah so i think uh, and this was when we were in college that I heard this at First Christian, and I just absolutely love, and I have this in my notes in case I ever have to like do this in a conversation. So I think <laughs> that it's best summed up with five Bible verses, and they are Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 3.24, all are justified freely by his grace through, in, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. In John 1.12, yet to all who did receive him, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So I think like that's the gospel right there in those just five verses, four books, boom, right there. The main idea that you know we're all sinners and fall short every day of God's glory. And we, I think we say a lot that like, oh yeah, he's a good guy, but really there's, there's no such thing as a good person or a bad person. We're all just sinners and that separates us from God. But through Christ, he redeemed us and we get to walk every day with him because of what he did on the cross. Wow. Thank That is beautiful. You're crediting FCC with that, huh? I'm crediting FCC with that. And I wow. have that saved in my notes for wow. whenever. I... <laughs> I wonder when that was from. I wonder if there's a date on there. But yeah, that's I think just it was incredible. one of the baptism Sundays. Baptisms. Not positive. Yeah, that's awesome. So what would you say to someone? And I know I have a lot of these. What would you say questions? But that's that's what I'm really interested in is seeing how people go about their life and, and what steps they take to talk to people about their beliefs. Um, what would you say to someone who claims that we're good people? I mean, people are good people. They're not inherently sinners and therefore we don't need Christ's atoning work on the Christ or on the cross. So what would you say if someone just claimed that we are good people? I would just encourage them to read the Bible and, um, <laughs> show them that every single person in the history of the world except one is a sinner and that one person that was not a sinner was jesus is jesus and i don't know i would just encourage them that jesus loves them so much like so much more than they could even imagine and just really encourage them to go and talk to somebody about that even if it you know, wasn't me, if it was like, oh, go reach out to like the pastor at, at your church, or even like, um, like Joe Franz, shout out B&B uh, &B with the yeah. brew pastors, how he, you know, just says, let's go meet somewhere where you're comfortable and we can talk about this, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what Jesus did. He didn't say, no, you got to come to church or he didn't even say clean yourself up before you come to me. He just said, 
come to me as you are. Um, yeah. And that kind of leads, this is a, a yes or no question. And then I'll have a follow-up. So do you believe that all religions lead to God? No. And then why do you believe, I mean, you already kind of hinted on it, but Christ being uh, the only perfect person and, and dying for us and being the divine son of God. But, but what would you say why Christianity is the only way in the other religions can't be? I mean, like I've said, like this whole time, you know, I just have seen Jesus work through my life and through the lives of, of countless others. And, you know, he, he tells us in John, he's the way, the truth and the life. And the, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. And he's, you know, the master of, of lies and deceit. And so he, he will do anything to make sure that people are away from God. So do you think when people, I mean, come to not believe in God or, uh, or just think that Christianity isn't true, do you think that has more to do with what they learn in school or their, their parents' beliefs or um, just do you think that's the devil working, trying to keep people from Christ? What do you think about that? Yeah, I definitely think that's the devil working, just trying to keep people away from, from the, the truth and the freedom that, that Christ offers. Yeah. Dang. That's incredible. So one other thing that I like to ask people, that's, that's a pretty separate from the whole discussion that we've been having is I've always just been interested in self-improvement and a lot of the self-help books that I've read have talked about starting your morning off right. And that has got me interested in people's morning routines. And so what is your morning routine? What time do you get up? And then what things do you do in the morning to prepare for the day? Yeah. So I wake up at about 6.45 on school days, 6.45 a.m. I'll get up and get in the shower, make some coffee. Then I'll come back and make my bed. And then I read my Bible in the morning and just pray. And then by then I have class that starts every day at 8 a.m. So I got to get ready and off to class. Dang, that's incredible. So the Bible is an everyday thing. Yep. It is. Do you see a difference when you don't read the Bible? Absolutely. Do you my think day it's is just, just so much worse. Yeah, I feel the same way. But <laughs> do you think it's it has to do with just reading words on a page versus actually reading the word of God? Because... For me, there's been times in my life that I do the morning routine and I do the things I'm supposed to do and I still just don't feel fulfilled. And I think it stems from me just reading and not actually seeking. So, Yeah, I, I think that definitely a big part comes in reading the word of God. And, you know, even when like some days, like you said, where you're just kind of you get up and it's just your routine and you're kind of just reading to check the box off that you read today. Um, something that I have recently tried to do, and this is actually, I'm crediting Will with this. Will, pastor at Elevate, check him out. Um, I asked him about that, and he said that something that he does is, you know, I always pray before I read the Bible, but he said maybe try reading in a different location. Mix up the routine, although you're still reading in the morning, like maybe go read in the living room or go read outside or pray while you're making your coffee instead of while you're sitting at your desk or whatever you do. And I think that's helped me a lot with reading to really see like 
what God wants to tell me and put on my heart that day. Wow. So, I mean, two other questions that I, I like to ask people are, how does this belief in God impact your day-to-day life? And then what is your goal of your life here on earth? And those are two things that you've already hit on. So I'm not going to ask those. You've talked about that over and over. But another thing that I like to ask people is what advice, I mean, this doesn't, the specific question doesn't apply to you because you're, you're younger than me, but I, I like to ask people what <laughs> advice they would give me at my age. But um, obviously you're wise beyond your, your years. So just what advice would you give me in general for, for my life? Just keep on uh, chasing after Jesus and, and seeking his, his will for your life. Wow. Dang, that's good stuff right there. I love that, dude. Well, thank you, Riley Plyler, for, for coming on here. Is there any final remarks you have? Just like I said, keep on chasing after Jesus. And if you don't know him, uh, go, and, go and talk to somebody who, who does. You know, he loves you very much. Gosh, I love that. Thank you, Riley. Thank you for listening to God Talks with Joey Oswald. 